The following program is a work of fiction and falsehood that is not meant to be interpreted as actual fact. The views expressed in this program are not necessarily those of the broadcaster or the management thereof. This program deals with morbid themes and grotesque humor. Listener discretion is advised. Glad you're here. I'm media disruption developer Kai Hubris, and this is Eureka Cast Now, where science meets technology meets you. With me, as always, is Professor Rowan Meadowlark from the Simon Amy Institute of Spirit Sciences. Hello, and happiest salutations to us all from here at Eureka Cast Now as we celebrate this year's tribute to the feminine divine. National hmm. Girlfriend Day. That's right. That's that's right, Kai. It is National Girlfriend hmm. Day. Are you spending hmm. any time with with your your uh, your girlfriend this evening? Your 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 lovely lady partner. Well, as you know, Rowan, I am sort of married to the work here as a media disruption developer. I don't have much time for relationships because my job sort of is relationships in itself, and that's rewarding for me. I suppose that's 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 fair. I, I myself now, now. What about yeah? What about you, Rowan? Let's hear what you're doing on this uh, quote unquote holiday. Ah, uh, yes, me and the other members of my polycule, of which uh, I would say about fourteen percent of them are in fact girlfriends. We are all getting together later this evening to play some Dungeons and Dragons and listen to some whale song, um, as is what we do every weekend. Um, but hmm. it'll be that much more special knowing it's, it's, it's National Girlfriend Day because um, you may not be aware of this, Kai, but uh, some scientists speculate that the girlfriend-boyfriend and especially the girlfriend-girlfriend relationship has the strongest orgone energy waveform of any sort of romantic bond that exists between two lovers. Um, once again, now, being now, a, now, Ro- Oh, please. Now, Rowan, it's, it seems... Uh, Regardless of, of this waveform that, that you're talking about, uh, how does now, – now, reading the science, it seems that a lot more lately, uh, modern science, science seems to be pointing us in a direction where, uh, where we've come to realize that gender is more of a mass delusion. So I'm just asking you from this point of view, how could this be possible? How could there be different waveforms between different groups when, in fact, those groups are, are merely un, non-existent? Well, the orgone science is less of a science and more of an art. And when you get into these sort of mm. these, these, these distinctions, there, there, there is somewhat of a breakdown between what uh, qualifies uh, uh, a... Um, 
a, a partner of a various typing um, from the orgone science and the wider psychological and anthropological context. Uh, so to that end, um, I think it comes down to a base yeah. incompatibility between uh, nonsense and science, essentially, is what that comes down to. Um, uh, orgone, right. orgone the, on the what? Famous, the, 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 the century, the battle, a seemingly century-long battle, both sides just fighting as hard as they can to gain dominance, the, the, the sides of, of nonsense and the science side of actual science. Such as orgone waveforms, correct. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, but yes, uh, it, to, so to, um, despite that little, that little setback, um, uh, you know, uh, I do want to take an advan this advantage to talk about intimacy in my, in my first, uh, in, in the story I have for us tonight, the, uh, the, this exciting sure. new ground, the, this yeah. groundbreaking new yeah, tell us, tell us. Yeah, tell us some, some news from, from the field, from your field. Um, I'd love to hear it. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, intimacy experts have developed a brand new form of couples therapy to uh, better bring together two parts of a relationship. And on once again, the, the, the nature of that relationship and the, the constituents therein is actually mm. um, completely um, ar arbitrary in, in the sense that it's, it's for two individuals who love each other a great deal and want to model their relationship after one of the most famously romantic relationships in the animal kingdom, namely the deep sea angler fish. Um, when you think of when you think of romance, I, I, I what do you think of Kai? What what are the animals that come to mind? Oh, the animals that come to mind. Well, I mean, I think you know as well as I do that the human is one of the most well known animals, at least to us. But I suppose other animals do, in fact, have these similar mating rituals. I think of maybe birds who show off. You know, their feathers, peacocks maybe, that show off their feathers to gain mates and sing songs to gain mates. I, I think that's a, that's a very common thing to think of. But you're, you're telling me that these anglerfish have something that we, we need to look more into? Right. Well, as you, as you brought up, um, humans and birds, um, there is a very antagonistic sort of framework to the relationships right. there. There's a, there's a, yes, uh, it's competitive. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Where the anglerfish does this beautiful thing that it's not competitive at all. It's, it's synergistic. Um, and so what mm. the anglerfish um, is capable of is a level of connectiveness between the, the two mates um, much more so than we are capable of in our adversarial primate mindset. So what this therapy does is, is that it's a, a number of uh, psychological and pharmaceutical um, exercises and doses that actually allow the bodies of the two individuals to merge into one another into one one there is no it is no longer a couple it is a monad that is brought together by this um and hmm. it's the, the the benefits are immense according to these these researchers um this research Wait, so, so these these people these couples they're in what do you mean by that? They're bonding themselves together. They're gluing themselves together. They're what? What are these couples actually? What it's, are these couples doing? How it, is this possible? It's much. It's much deeper than that. Actually, what it is mm. is a sort of 
localized um, dissolving and reincorporation of flesh localized to one another. Um, it requires things such as immunosuppressant therapies to prevent the bodies from rejecting one another, um, and also a number of psychological therapies to prevent that on another plane, uh, it, it, as well as uh, adhesives and various uh, sorts of sure. um, minor surgery to reconnect arteries. And essentially, uh, yes, once all is said and done, uh, where there was once two individuals, um, with separate bodies and organs and brains and what have you. After this therapy, you end up with one double person, one whole individual um, where the body systems and the spiritual systems and the emotional systems are all literally the same thing. They're all connected to one another. Now, now, now Rowan, I, I would imagine, and I'm just hearing this, I'm, I, would, I would imagine that these anglerfish that we are basing this this these new procedures off of these anglerfish they're fish and fish are known for being remarkably non-intelligent anti-intelligent does does that not bode well if we were trying to copy their psychologies is is there going are there going to be some negative side effects to a human psychology trying to fit it in such a such a narrow a narrow neurologic basis well that's that's an, an, an interesting point to bring up and um I would argue, and I think these researchers would also argue, um, uh, these namely being uh, uh, researchers from the Sydney Biomimicry Institute and the Simon Amy Program for a New Love. This was a co collaboration between those two uh, organizations. But uh, mm. intelligence, intelligence should exist to outline and augment love. Intelligence and, and logic should be used to understand love but it should not be a part of love intelligence rational thought empiricism that is anathema to uh, what love really is and and that is why sapiosexuality is the most hideous thing on the face of the earth it is is, is um absolutely abhorrent but that's neither here nor there um yes and mm -hmm. so so ultimately yeah, i've i've heard I, I, I'm under the impression that there's a lot more re there's a lot more research into the idea that in fact the greatest the greatest uh, detriment to mankind is in fact monogamy. That and that is why I there is no way there is no monogamy in nature. There is no way you can have a stable relationship in a monogamy, and that's what science tells us. Absolutely. When you look and at at chemical stability, if we want to get really regressive about it. A bond between two molecules is much weaker than that same bond between three. If, if, if you, the pyramid is the, the triangle is the most powerful shape in chemistry, and it has three ends to it. Um, uh, it makes up the vast majority of the shapes you will see in the natural world. And that's why myself, right. I am a part of a polycule. Yeah. Right. I mean, it just, I know the, the research has also been done. Um, on on the distribution of people. And if you think about a triangle, this is actually a good tangent that you brought us on, Rowan. But if you think about a triangle, if you think about a triangle standing straight up, think about it. There's one angle at the bottom. I mean, we're sort of getting into anglerfish here with angles. Mm -hmm. This is surprising. But you have one angle at the bottom. You have another angle at the bottom. And then you have a third angle at the top. Now, in nature, what we find is that of the dis distribution 
of both people and all of the animal kingdom, there are twice as many what are, what scientists are calling power bottoms as there are uh, tops, which only makes sense that these three these 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 three groupings are just make more sense in nature. Well, and and it's nice to see that this is finally coming forward because um, there's a lot of. Uh, 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 the the three body problem, for example, has been this very notoriously uh, excuse me this very notoriously hard to figure out problem in science by so called scientists. But my viewpoint, and I think the viewpoint of um, uh, the Simon Amy program for a new love is, if there's three mm-hmm. bodies, there is no problem. Sure. Well, I think the I think the problem might be that these mathematicians and these geometrists are not plugging in love into the equations. That's that I I think that love should be as far removed from equations as possible. But um, I, well, that's where you and I differ. I, and I think we can put an equation to it and really discover something here. I I, I will just have to agree to disagree. Um, so, Rowan, I think what are the what were the benefits uh, to to this? I know you started to talk about it, but why should why should people actually engage in this? Oh, what oh, what are we gonna what do we hope to get oh, out of? Yes, this? of course. Um, so, some of the um, and 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 this is once again going back to the use math to dis, to describe love, but don't bring love into it. But um, as far as relationship I benefits disagree. go. The success, these successful treatments of the merging of these two lovers into one, uh, there's a threefold increase in understanding, a twofold decrease in arguments, and an incredible fivefold increase in love making satisfaction. Um, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at these charts right now, and these charts are beautiful. The, the ultimate goal of this research, however, is to um, fully emulate the anglerfish and, and um, you know, the, the, the anglerfish is this, this wonderful, wonderful uh, feminist ideal in nature because what happens is, is that the, the male um, that's attached to the, uh, the female anglerfish just gets absorbed slowly and slowly and slowly and is reverted to nothing but an external pair of genitals. And what that allows is is for the anglerfish and hopefully the individuals who take place and take part in this program will be able to self-fertilize and reproduce without involving a second person at all. Uh, it'll be a wonderful opportunity to scientifically give reproductive rights and, in fact, full control to the people most qualified to use it. So as far as I'm concerned, right. this is a win-win. Which is, I think which this- is I believe. From my perspective, I think that's what the feminists are saying all along. I think I think so. I would have I I would have to agree absolutely. That makes the most sense to me. But that's that's wonderful, Rowan. It's wonderful to see some very amazing therapies with some very nice grafts associated with them, and I sure hope that this gets off the ground. I I think that even if this only serves to make two or three couples into two or three people, it will have been worth it. Mm. Or two or three anglerfish. Well, one can hope. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for that. But now it's time for us to get into some real science and technology with this week in what you might have missed in, in, uh, in Eureka Moments. The first story that I have for you all is 
uh, and actually something that took place in Chicago. A lot of the stories that I have this week are very localized sore stories. <laughs> Uh, this this uh, this story is uh, about the Chicago, something that you might have heard of, and something that we haven't heard from in a while. But I'm really happy to hear some of the great work that they're doing in this newer normal. It's that the Chicago Incubator for Space Exploration and Colonization, which many of you know as TriSec, uh, started starts their Back to Work initiative with a big with a big uh, revelation. They're developing and releasing the Chi-Sec Satellite Array API, which offers some of the, some revolutionizing transparency and control to Chicago's 430 satellites. And just, now just you might be asked, just yeah, go ahead. Yeah, just for clarification, um, Kai, are these satellites that are 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 const are focused exclusively on Chicago? Um, are in uh, geosyncratic orbit um, uh, with Chicago underneath them? Is that is that what I'm to understand? Um, well, there are 430 of them, and although we'd love that to be the case, well, we wouldn't love that to be the case. But sure, some of them are. Let's say two, three, four, ten of them are. A good baker's dozen, maybe 23, are. The rest of them are, in fact, satellites that do, tran uh, that do travel all around the world because Chicago is a world city. It's, it's a very important city in the global sphere. So we need to know what's going on all over the place. We, there, we have responsibilities to Chicago residents here in Chicago, but also some of the Chicago residents, say, over in Africa or over in China, the farthest uh, uh, miles and miles away from Chicago itself. Oh, uh, so, so, we, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so you might be asking yourself, what is an API and what's this thing going to let me do? Uh, well, an API, if you didn't know, stands for Application Programming Interface. And in sort of layman's terms, an API is, is an interface, is a connection between a resident, really anybody that gets their hands on an API code, uh, which will be freely available to all residents of Chicago, uh, and the, the, well, the array servers, the actual applications that run all of these satellites. Um, so everybody in Chicago will have access to many of the functionalities of all of these satellites at their whim, which is very exciting. Just think of the possibilities. Well, are, um, is there not a uh, um, somewhat of a, a privacy concern with that that you don't see? I I um, have uh, numerous moments during the day that I like to keep to myself. Um, aren't you w worried that these satellites would perhaps uh, trample upon that? Well, realistic. There are, of course, limitations to satellite technology, um, which we'll get into a little bit later, but. I mean, ultimately, what this is, is it's equaling, it's leveling the playing field. At this very moment, Rowan, were you aware that every single night, the average Chicagoan is seen by between three and four satellites? And just think, who is at the end? Who is the recipient of these images? We don't know. At least now, we'll have that same power and control as these, you know, these these faceless these faceless people in high towers, so to speak. It's more it's an it's what open source is all about. We're taking the power away from the few and we're giving it to 
anybody with a computer and a mind for coding. The, the, I do have to admit that if we are going to have these satellites, I would love to see the democratization of total surveillance. I think that's an excellent right. step if we're going to think of how many of your think of how many of your tax dollars go into creating these satellites. We might as well be able to use them. The great thing uh, that Tech Brothers has been doing recently, and this isn't my area, but I've heard things along the grapevine. Uh, two libraries in the dude language, the language that is uh, that is running all of Guy Five and the and the Guy Five network. Um, two libraries in the dude language have been created to assist with the use of this of this API. So you're not going to need to be a real you know, sys admin or a cyber whiz to be able to crack these codes, let the dude language help you. Monitor is the first language or the first library that's come out of uh, the, the dude laboratories at, at, at uh, Tech Brothers. And this allows you to really, really test your limits and, and see what you can do in, in finding specific locations, pulling out some specific landmarks, specific weather patterns or objects, or even tentatively, finding specific people all over the world, identifying them and just following them with a variety, using the huge array of, of satellites that exist up there. So that's just one of them. The second one is called, and this is one that I'm really excited about, it's called Stream Scrub. Uh, Stream, Stream Scrub is a library that's going to help users interact with all the data that's being passed through these satellites. So we all know that satellites are often used, and especially Chicago satellites, are often used for transferring data either between organizations via, you know, encrypted databases. Sometimes they're used uh, to transfer phone conversations. It's, you know, it's the way that we connect to, our, to each other. I mean, these, uh, this conversation right now, I'm here at the uh, media laboratories at Tech Brothers, and you're, wherever you are, Rowan, I'm not sure exactly where you are, but wherever you are, we're communicating via via this Guy Five network through some of the highest quality satellites that TriSec has ever put up. Well, but and, but my understanding is is now that with this technology, you could be able to find out where I, I was, where I'm broadcasting hmm. from. Is that correct? That is 100% correct. We'd be able to track. We'd be able to track any conversation anywhere, anytime. We'd even be able to, a very, very skilled programmer, a very, very skilled person would be able to even unencrypt some of the data that is being transferred as well. It's just really revolutionary. It really puts the power back in the hands of the residents and away from the people hiding, scared. Um, I, 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 uh... I locked myself inside the studio, um, as it seems to be. Well, that, 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 that won't help you, Rowan. Now, Trisec hopes to, in the coming months, investigate the possibilities of not only adding access to the information that these satellites are able to pick up, like pictures and, and data, but also adding controls. So we can very slightly augment the trajectory of every single one of these satellites using emergency power uh, storage facilities on all of these satellites. Are there going In the coming months, TriSec is going to open up that, that functionality to the API. So realistically, anybody anywhere is going to have the ability to change the course of these satellites. 
Are there any um, uh, specific uh, um, programs or applications, I guess you could call them, that will be coming out with the API? Um, is there some sort of demonstration um, uh, uh, programs, I guess you could call them, that will be that that well, you are working on, or you know of anyone being of being worked on? Well, I mean, the API is just sort of coming out, but the Tech Brothers does have a, a long-standing, a very, very great uh, relationship with Trisec. And, well, with these libraries, a series of possible uh, courses might come out. I'm not exactly sure of all of that, but just know that if, you're, if you need help navigating all of these situations, the Tech Brothers will be there for you. Um, and so, I mean, frankly, I think this is great. I think that... Uh, we are really speeding towards a newer, more resident-focused normal. We live, we're in the newer normal now, people. It's, it's time for us to get control of these satellites. And I, I, what I'm going to take you mean by that is that it's a normal that is focused mm. on the residents through satellites. It, however you want to interpret it, that's the one that I meant. I have one more story. A very short one, because we don't have a lot of information about this now, but I think this is a fun one for the kids. Scientists in Denver have successfully bred radioactive... Now, I don't know if I can say this by on the lumpen radios, but scientists have bred radioactive stra strains of the plant marijuana. Well, th thankfully, and I, I'm, you might be forgiven for not following uh, marijuana news as closely as I do, because I do follow it quite closely, but it is now legal to talk about in Chicago, and in fact, to see pictures of. Uh, there's the, the, a new law passed that decriminalized knowing about marijuana and speaking about marijuana. So in that way, Chicago is very, a very progressive city incredibly progressive i'm really glad to hear that um now the circumstances surrounding this breeding uh is still however very murky the papers haven't been released yet they're in they're in the process of, of being written but there's a lot of buzz in the scientific communities about what we can do with this uh radioactive pot um i mean a lot of i mean there's certainly a lot of criticism but you're never gonna you're never gonna come up with really revolutionary ideas and functionalities if you focus on that criticism. Um, so, despite the fact that we haven't gotten that paper yet, uh, people are speculating and are in fact planning. R and D departments around the country are planning and expecting uh, a number of medical benefits, such such as extreme stress relief and others. Now, will this be a Indica or sativa dominant blend. Uh, do you do you do you know anything about that? Now, I've only seen pictures, but from what I can tell, how are the trichromes? This do they do they, this, do they look from, good? Is there has is it crystal? How crystallized from is what it? I, what from are the what, what are the veins? Tell. What do the veins look like? Now, from from what I can tell from these pictures, this plant. I bet it's purple. Is is it purple? Is lab. It's la well, that's the, almost. It's lavender. Oh, wow. 
What's the uh, does it have and a score on Leafly yet? Uh, do you wh- how would you how would you recommend what what's the recommended uh, usage uh, of it? Uh, should should it be should uh, it be inhaled or don't vaped have these or eaten or what? I need I'm I'm we afraid don't I, have uh, Kai I'm you're breaking up a little no. bit. Uh, do you Ro- have no, I, where do I find this? Where do I where do no. I go to find this? <laughs> now Rowan, we don't have the papers yet, but I absolutely love. <laughs> your enthusiasm hold on Kai yes. it's fine I have papers just bring me the marijuana I love your enthusiasm and these scientists do as well the great thing about science and doing science is that you know the reason that we do it the goal of any scientist doing any research anywhere is to get whatever products come from that science to market as quickly as possible now, of course, there are still tests that need to be done. These tests will go through them fast. I am sure of it. Simulations that need to be uncovered, uh, labels that need to be made. We have to talk to the, the, some bodies of government. Although, you know, it's not any researcher's favorite thing to do. Ta- making sure that this is as transparent as possible is important especially when we're considering that one of my favorite benefits that is that might come out of this this specific product is resilience to the expected future heightened nuclear index which is just another one of the many effects of the newer normal so what you're what you're saying is is that this new um presumably presumptuously um supposedly radioactive uh, marijuana it will 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 help actually prevent radiation from entering the body is that is that what you're saying well no you can't prevent radiation from entering the body but what you can, you can do is you can make your cells more resilient to it oh because we expect we expect and you know this is just a byproduct of these times that we find ourselves in there, there is, we expect there to be higher just nuclear radiation indexes uh, in basically all major cities around the world. And this is just us preparing for that inevitability. That's, that's absolutely, that's, that's, that's very, very intriguing. And I know many individuals such as myself who have a, um, a low uh, radioactive resilience, a, a, a medically chronically necessarily to be treated um lowered radioactive or nuclear uh, lesser nuclear yeah. uh resilience you will. are n- you are not allowed near a, a cat scan definitely and 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 it, presumably if i had access to this therapy this plant i could get cat scans all day every day there are many many cat scans that i could be taking but um it, it seems like this will be an excellent boon to to be able to finally experience a cat scan it it is it is really great that is a good point there are many many residents all there are many many residents of chicago and people all around the world whom i like to call uh, pros- uh, prospective Chicagoans, many people around the world who could really benefit from a CAT scan a day. But unfortunately, their bodies just can't han- handle that. This will help their bodies handle that. Well, I think we could all go for an X-ray at the very least. Um, yeah, an X, yeah, <laughs> at the very least. 
Well, thank you very much, Kai. But um, we are reaching the midpoint now. So it's time for another mid-show meditation. Um, so, listener, Kai, if you'd so like to participate. Oh, of course. I'm open-minded. Close your eyes. Breathe in and breathe out. It's dusk, and the water washes lazily on the coarse sand beneath your feet. You hear the rustle of the palm fronds and savor the fruit, fruity, sweet daiquiri you sip from. Suddenly, your attention is brought to a bright light on the horizon, brighter than any you've seen before. A cloud begins to rise, backlit by the setting sun, and you feel the warm breeze lap at your face for the last time. Generous support for Lumpen Radio comes from four-letter word coffee roasters. With locations near Istanbul and at the plant in Chicago, four-letter word serves responsibly sourced coffee around the planet. More information is at 4lwcoffee.com. That's the number 4lwcoffee.com. Four-letter word. We may not save the planet, but we will save your senses. The Lumpen Week in Review is the show that covers the past week of news, happenings, and programs presented on Lumpen Radio. Every week, we present the best interviews, the most compelling stories, and the fascinating people we've featured on Lumpen Radio. The Lumpen Week in Review airs every Friday at 6 p.m. and then repeats multiple times throughout the work week. Don't miss the best of Lumpen Radio, only on the Lumpen Week in Review. Lumpin' Radio is supported by No Trend Records, an independent Chicago record label. No Trend Records is run by musicians for musicians and offers a variety of sounds from dance and punk to folk and electronic. No Trend Records is now open to the public at their new storefront, located in Suite 526 of the Fine Arts Building on Michigan Avenue. More information is at notrendrecords.com. Witam Was na wschodnim bloku. Radio Lampen Chicago 105.5 FM. Muzyka z Polski i okolic ze mną Andrea Bońska. Każdy miesiąc w drugą niedzielę od 12 do 2 po południu. Bo przecież jeszcze radio nie zginęło. We're back. Welcome, welcome back. Thanks, thanks for that, Rowan. Was that not the most peaceful moment of self annihilation that one could possibly feel? Do you not feel so much more at ease with all of our impending dooms? Now, now, Rowan, what was I supposed? What was I supposed to feel there? <sighs> all sorts of things. 
if you have to ask, mm. then it cannot be expressed, I'm afraid. But perhaps... Well, then I think we should... We can get to the special feature today, then. Absolutely. Please. Today. So today, it's very, it's very, very exciting to tell everybody some really interesting news. If you have kids, if you know kids, if you live in a community that has kids or a school or education, then this is of a huge importance to you. If you live in the world, this world is soon going to be run by a few of the kids from a younger generation now. Not all of them, but a few, a few kids will break through the ranks and will be affecting how things run. We'll be breaking into the tech industry. The tech industry is run full of, the, of young, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed youths. And the real question now is, we are in a newer normal, right? We can all agree where we are. But the question, the question really is, how, how is education going to change in this newer normal? So today we're going to be talking about adapting the Common Core, everybody's favorite educational tool, to a newer normal. It is a, a very um, – the introduction of the Common Core was very controversial, um, both in terms of the change in what was being taught and the miles of tunny, tunnels and bunkers necessary to hold the core in a safe place – do you feel that this next move is going to be just as controversial, uh, this this newer, the newer normal core? Well, I think I, that that remains to be seen. I mean, we certainly have gotten backlash to it to a real degree now. I am lucky enough to work with a, quite a few of the common core engineers that are really working on solving this problem now. And there has been mail. There have been emails. There has been backlash. There have been protests against, I mean, we all love the Common Core now. I think we can all agree on that. But changing the Common Core, that's a new story. Anytime you change how, what things are taught, people really come out of the woodworks. I just wanted to really start us off. The first point that I want to make in this adapting the Common Core conversation is I want to let everybody know out there that the the goal is not going to be to let any teachers go. A lot of people are very angry that they see this move as something, you know, adapting the Common Core to be more tech-based, to be more virtual, to be less in-person. They, they think that, that means that teachers are going to be fired, that they're going to lose their jobs, that there won't be as many teachers. These people that have worked hard, a hard time getting to know their students and, you know, mastering these practices of teaching, that they're just going to be thrown, thrown aside for a new tool. That I want to tell everybody, I want to make sure everybody knows, is not the case. The goal is merely, only to make teachers irrelevant, not to get rid of them not to fire them, not to throw them to the curb, which is what we hear all the time. It's just to make them irrelevant, just to make them make their jobs that much easier. In fact, non-existent. They could still be there. They could help, but they won't need to. Uh, that, I mean, the ultimate goal of teaching is to learn yourself. 
which is something that I've heard from a lot of a lot of uh, individuals in the uh, education profession. A lot of these so-called right. teachers and professors, they say that they too are a student. And I've always wondered, and um, this is one of the beautiful things about the Simon Amy Institute of Spirit Science. We don't we don't mm, have teachers yeah. because we're all students. Um, we have no teachers or students. They're just all students. And so mm-hmm. why if it's the just, goal it's of just some people some people pay money to be there and others they get paid to be there. Really. It it seems like it needs to be the only difference. Seems like it needs to be evened out and so if we yeah, it seem it seems almost self evident that we could cut out the middleman and just have the students be the teachers and the teachers be the students and then there's no need for that divide. So in that way well, I think this I don't, could this could I be don't promising. Know about that. I, I don't I don't know about going that far. I mean these kids do need to learn valuable skills to make our society better in the future. They need to learn how to adapt to this new scientific and technological world that we live in. And the only way they're going to do that is to learn. But the but the question is how are we going to get kids to learn? What we found is that, yes, we all know human contact is very important. The social, emotional brain of a person is in those, in those, in those you know, primitive or, I, I guess, fun, uh, uh, fundamental years, in those fundamental years of, of life and learning, that social element is very important to the development of the brain and the learning of the things that it needs to. So our question is this. How do we negate that? How do we cut that part out? of the kid because I mean ultimately that's gonna make our jobs as education engineers that much easier. Now, How do we negate this? Well I am not aware um, if is this a project you are personally involved in or are we um, or if you know or, or do you know someone who's involved with this newer reimagining of the Common Core? Um, no, I've only been to the Common Core once myself, but at the Tech Brothers, you know a Common Core engineer when you see one. Well if, if if for perhaps the listener or even you, uh, Kai, if you if you know someone, there's this wonderful body of mm. literature from the late great Dr. Harry Harlow, a uh, psychologist, and he looked into this issue of um, social bonding and the necessity for uh, um, individuals to have friends and be close to one another in an interpersonal manner, and what he determined is is that it can very easily be um, simulated or replaced with wire covered with fur, um, uh, sort of a carpeting material. Uh, this had apparently wonderful um, was a wonderful uh, tool to help monkeys being grown up without mothers to acclimatize and become fully functional norm uh, monkeys. And I think that that could be applied to children right. as well in, in teaching environments. Yeah. The thing is, over time, machine learning has gotten so advanced. It, the things that we're able to teach these machines these days through neural networks and, and statistical learning is, is really quite amazing. The thing is, we need to start thinking about kids in those terms. Machine learning, organic learning, one in the same. It just requires the right algorithms working on the right, the right people. I, I think I have to disagree with that. I think that's an, 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 the, a wrong-headed way to look at this sort of situation because children— Oh, in what way? In what way? 
children cannot be quantified, um, not easily. Uh, I have had experience with my um, relatives' childrens, my lovers' childrens, and you look one way and you look back, and the number of them changes at all times. There's I can never even keep track of the children in my life. How is one supposed to input that into a computer program, a, an algorithm, if even knowing how many children in one place is such an unknowable quantity? Uh, it seems it seems like a fool's errand now, to me. Now, now, Rowan, I think you're thinking in terms of the common core, but what we're talking about is the newer normal common core here, and that's that's really the end. That's really the the goal that we're all facing. What the engineers are trying to do is they're trying to. Kids are hard. We all can agree with that. We sympathize with all the parents out there. Kids are hard. They're hard to work with. They're hard to teach. They won't follow instructions. They don't know things. They're just really hard to work with. So what we need to do is we need to take that old, old core that so many of us have heard about and a few lucky people have seen, that old common core, and build a new, sleeker, I mean, I guess you can think of it as more like a solid state core. Something that can perform faster, maybe even quantum bits in there, maybe in- encourage those electrons to really start, you know, preparing and guessing and really getting those right answers from very little information. Because kids, there's not a lot of information there. You got to use what you have to make the right decisions. Well, I, that's interesting because I would expect uh, you, with your background, to see things like the sort of the the internet education approach and uh, virtual teaching, I would assume that you would would want to move away from yet just another, granted, uh, more upgraded and iterative, updated core, um, as opposed to a uh, a web based common core, a, a decentralized online accessible core perhaps a common cloud instead of a core mm. do you not do you not is that um do you do you think that that might be a better option what do you how do you feel about that well, as wh- me, me personally now me personally i love the sound of a cloud i think a cloud is a beautiful is is absolutely beautiful it's gorgeous it's simple it's easy it's functional but the issue really is, I think for the engineers, and again, I am not a Common Core engineer. A Common Core engineer is a very special type of person. I mean, you think of what a teacher is. You think of the hardest professor that you've ever had in whatever, you know, meat class that you've ever been in. Imagine that 20 times and without a sympathetic bone in their body, just a pure, hard computer. That's what a Common Core engineer is. They're a computer in themselves. And so they thought, they've thought, I'm, I know that they've thought of every single possible issue with this. And frankly, I think the issue with having a cloud-based, uh, a, a cloud-based common core is really that question of, like we just brought up, of kids, they're always moving around. In fact, they might move around in such a way that it disrupts the cloud. I mean, think of just how fast these kids are going. If they're tinkering with this cloud too much, they might lose all of their education. I think that's the worry there. So what we need is we need to keep locking down one 
single solid state. We could have clouds added to that, clouds in the big old grid of, edu of education that is the newer normal common core, the newer common core, but ultimately there needs to be a failsafe. And I can sympathize with that. Nothing's better. Nothing is better than a good rig when you're talking about education. So I think in, in terms of this discussion of hypothesizing about what a, a, the newer core would look like, I have presented my, my argument in terms of, of it being cl perhaps cloud-based, a, 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 a common cloud, something that could more easily permeate into the children's brains and lungs to really help bring that education home. You see it as a more sleeker, newer um, solid state core but w w realistically what direction do you think we're going to be going in with the newer normal i think there's a lot of directions this could go the whole concept of education right now is being thoroughly um uh, scrutinized and looked over yeah. even in terms really of things like, out the window even in terms of things like uh, medical school and doctors there's a lot of very interesting compelling voices coming from outside the normal sphere of accredited doctors, quote unquote, accredited. Um, so I think that this might be a time to revolutionize what we're being, uh, what's being taught to our children and our even our young adults. Mm -hmm. But what do you, where do you see this going? How do you, what do you think will actually end up by the end of this? You have your feet more firmly on the ground well, with this sort of thing than I do. So I just want to ask you what you practically I, you see happening. What, well, what's going to happen is there will be a new Common Core. How well it will work in the few oncoming months is the real question. Certainly there will be tests. In fact, there already are tests. There are children from all around Chicago that have been pulled in to these Common Core testing facilities and they're being analyzed, they're being tested, they're being given all these sort of stimuli. stimuli. And what these engineers are trying to do is they're trying to really dig deep and learn all of the variables in those children's heads to make sure that they're taking in the information when they finally have a common core to send information out in. So there will certainly be a newer common core. To whatever extent it, it, it spreads to medical fields, I mean, that's only, uh, that's, that's, that remains to be seen, I should say. Well, this is an interesting discussion. I would yes. love to revisit this discussion again with I would I would absolutely too. Maybe we can get one of these engineers on one of these days. That would be absolutely wonderful. And I think I could maybe reach out to the Simon Amy Institute of Spirit Science Alumni Network. I believe some of them went into various forms of education, um, mm. you know, uh, I would guess most of them. I would um uh, um their qualifications that's well I, i'm gonna i'm gonna hmm. so let's go to citizen science uh this is the segment yeah, Rowan, in the show let's tell us what the citizens are doing yes the, the as as we all know um there's such a divide between what is considered scientific knowledge amongst those who are uh, educated or a part of uh um, the, the, the ivory castle, uh, the ivory tower of academia. But 
um, that's not where the real science happens. The, the real science is happening around you, between your neighbor, your friends, your loved ones, the people you don't particularly like. They are all scientists, too. They just don't know if they have the voice of the scientist. But every once in a while, yeah. one of these individuals in the wider world, in the wider Chicago, they come upon a breakthrough that uh, I at least, and I'm pretty sure you do, Kai, as well, feel is worthwhile of being broadcast on this platform. So that this is what that segment's about. Um, so this is so this is a um, one of these um, these images on the internet you see with the with the text that's superimposed over the Im- image. I believe it's known as a meme, a meme called visual. Visualizations. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, what are these internet visualization memes? Uh, so, did you? It, it reads. Did you know? Mad Hatter was the name given to the felt hat makers and wearers in the 1800s because the mercury that was used to preserve the felt caused mental illness. Today, they use mercuries as preservative in vaccines. Think about that. Take all the time you need. And then, of course, the image it is superimposed over is, I believe, um, uh, a picture of, of Johnny Depp's uh, American actor's Johnny Depp's famed performance in uh, as the Mad Hatter in, in Tim Burton's mm. um, uh, Alice in Wonderland. I, I believe, yes, I believe he did a lot of research on the role. I, he did. He did. I would believe that um, I would love to sit down with Johnny Depp and ask him how much his uh, how much mercury va- he and he took. And and how much he was inspired by by uh, vaccines in, in in with regards to his character. Um, as to the actual statement being made here, um, I want to make it clear. I don't necessarily believe this, uh, Kai. I don't think you necessarily believe this, uh, and station management doesn't necessarily oh, no. believe this. But we also believe in questioning what we believe. This. I mean, ultimately, I just believe in you. I believe in. You listener out there, you have the capacity to do, to do some great science. I'm sure there's a I'm sure there's a scientist out there in our in our listening audience that will do the science and might be able to even disprove this this theory, this hypothesis with their own science. I would and this is not a call to action, but I think it would be great to take two two twins, two identical twins and we give them one a hat with mercury in it, and we give them one with just a normal hat, a control hat, and then we could keep the hat on and, them. Well, I, I would think one with a hat with mercury in it and one a vaccine and just see how whether they are the same. Well, maybe we, we would have to be identical triplets, but I think we could, yes. we, we could do hat, mercury, we, yeah, we control, control hat, and then um, vaccine. And then maybe if there's some way to have a, a hat vaccine, that could be like the fourth factor. Uh, it's it's um, we leave it in your hands, listener, to to come up with science. This. Yeah, don't 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 limit yourself. This is your science. This is citizen science. I'd like to close. Thank you so much for that, Roman. I would like to close on a quote by a 1973 Terry Excellence in Science Award winner. Christy Hughes, who said, scientific laws are just like real laws, man-made, imperfect, and designed to be broken. And I think that that really says something about 
this show? I think it says... Eureka Cast Now. What does it say, Rowan? What do you think it says? I think it says a lot about um, the newer normal as well. Mm. Mm. Yes. Uh, Eureka Cast Now is a meticulously researched, produced, um, and is presented with the support of Tech Brothers New Media Labs in Chicago, Illinois. We are rebroadcast every Saturday evening, 8 to 9 p.m. CST on WLPN LP 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can follow the EurekaCast Twitter, where you'll see some more quotes by a range of scientists, some more breakthroughs, some more Eureka moments at your own leisure. But Rowan, I think we have some other social media. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, so the Twitter is at EurekaCast now. Um, yes. uh, no spaces. And um, if you do engage in the other forms of social media, please feel free to find us at facebook.com slash awcyfm we have come into that domain name and we are going to use it until we are told otherwise and likewise uh you can send an electronic mail to awcyfm at gmail.com once again we have it you're not getting it back you know who you are uh there you can share with us any technological scientific or spiritual breakthroughs you've witnessed or participated in additionally if you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the program feel free to reach out at that email which is once again awcyfm at gmail.com so with that chicago allow us here at eureka cast now to channel emanations of safe travel directly to your heart. That's right.